What's going on, gamers? Welcome back to The Graveyard. I'm The Graveyard Gamer. Thank you for joining me for this episode of Graveyard Gaming. It is one of my favorite episodes to do every year because it is my look back, my top 10 games that I played this year in 2022. Now, there's a couple things to highlight on this. Number one, it is my top 10 games that I played in this calendar year. It does not mean that these games released in 2022. Some of these games released in 2021 and even further back, but it doesn't matter. I like to take you guys on a journey throughout the year with me at the end of the year, I like to go back and look back and highlight that journey. So to me, it doesn't matter when these games came out. I played them this year. I want to include them. The other thing I'm going to highlight is every once in a while you hear the G.I. Joes yell out, Yo, Joe, and that is because it is time for a Yo, Joe award. That's what I'm calling them this year. I started this last year where I wanted to kind of highlight some different aspects of gaming, whether it be the most fun factor or my favorite platinum trophy I earned that year. And the award is named after the G.I. Joe Operation Blackout game because guys if you played that game check out my review if you didn't but it was one of those games that you just have so much fun in but you just it just misses the mark from being a truly top 10 worthy game so last year I came up with the idea of, you know what it definitely won for the most fun I'd had in a game and it was like you know what I'm gonna put these awards in so that's what they're called going forth is my Yo Joe Awards so you're gonna hear a couple of those throughout the episode as we kind of break up the top 10 countdown but with that Let's go in to our first Yo Joe Award. Yo Joe! So, gamers, our first Yo Joe Award is in the category of photo mode of the year. And you know what? I gotta say, I'm very tough on photo modes. They gotta have a lot of features I like, but the nominees are Horizon Forbidden West, Death Stranding, the PS5 edition, Guardians of the Galaxy, and Ratchet and Clank. And I gotta say, all four of these games were extremely tough. But in the end, I actually had to go back through and just look at my photos and see which ones I felt came out the best. Which one inspired me the most to take the most creative photos? You know, I took great photos with all of these, but it was about, you know, the tools to give me the job to do the most. And at the end of the day, I have to give it to Horizon Forbidden West. I just thought that photo mode had everything I really wanted in there. But I got to say, Death Stranding was very, very close. But let's start the list off, and at number 10, I'm going to start with Super Mario Odyssey, and I'll be honest with you, this is one of those games that I feel should be a lot higher on that list, or lower, however you're looking at it, but a lot closer to number one, because I have absolutely enjoyed my time with Super Mario Odyssey, and you might say, well, why is it number 10 then? And it's because I've only put about seven hours into that game. I've loved every minute of it, but... Truth be told, I actually started playing this game in 2021, but I just didn't get that far into it. I was kind of more into Breath of the Wild. Well, when they put out that trailer for the Super Mario Brothers movie, it just kind of made me go, okay, I want to play some Odyssey. And the moment I got back into the game, I mean, I was addicted to going through and trying to pick up as many moons as I could find and just enjoying every little secret of every level. The only reason it's not higher, again, is just the amount of time. I need to put more time into it. I hope to do that very, very soon. So you could see this game pop up on next year's game and be even higher. But so far, it has been a blast. Now, number nine is Shinmu 3. And I got to tell you something. This is one of those games that I personally loved. I know it gets a lot of flack online, but you can check out my review. I even have an entire episode dedicated to a newcomer getting into the Shinmu series. And what did I think about the three episodes? But Shinmu 3 is awesome. For one, it plays and feels like the classic Shinmu's, just up to date. So... That's a big reason why I think I was able to get into it more than the previous two. Plus, I really got addicted to turning Ryu into a gambler. I don't know a best way to say that. Like, 
trying to earn money is kind of tough in these games. And I found, you know what, if I just play these games and kind of just gamble my way to a lot of money, I'm going to do all right. But more than that, guys, I just love the environments. I love I loved the graphic style in this game. People kind of gave it flack, but I thought it looked really cool and really different. I loved interacting with people, all that stuff. It's one of those games that I kick myself for not focusing when I was playing it and missing some trophies that caused me not to get the platinum. And it's one of those games that I always look at as, man, if I have the time, I want that platinum. I want to represent that game in my gaming catalog as something I love because, hey, I loved it. And if you've never played Shinmu 1, 2, or 3, I can say over the last year I have played all three of them. I would actually highly recommend just starting off with Shinmu 3. That's how good it is. It's, it's not going to blow you away, but it's probably the easiest to play without going super old school, if that makes sense. So definitely check out my review and definitely check out Shinmu 3 if you haven't already. So gamers, you know what that sound means. It's time for another Yojo Award, and this time we're looking at Fun Factor, and the nominees are The Warriors, which was the PS2 game. I played the PS4 port this year. Shinmu 3, which I just talked a lot about and how fun it is. God of War 3, because that game is still just as epic as it was when it released in 2010. And Yakuza Like a Dragon, the game that changes the Yakuza franchise, but also keeps that same fun over the topness when it needs to. And at the end of the day, I have to give it to the Warriors. Because you know, when this game released, I only played a little bit and I didn't finish it. And I remember always liking it, it stayed in the back of my head. I picked up the PS4 port about a year ago. In this past year, I finally got a chance to play it. And I gotta say, the entire time I played it, even though there were some technical issues, you can check out my review to check that out, I loved it. Like, I got hooked immediately. We just don't have brawlers, in all honesty. Like, I don't know the last time we had a brawler like this, and it just felt cool to kind of jump back to the PS2, Xbox era, and just kind of enjoy it. On top of that, Rockstar doesn't get lauded enough for this game because they took what is ultimately a two-hour movie, and they gave it an entire backstory. And in all honesty, the last few chapters actually take place during the movie. The vast majority of the game, two-thirds of the game, take place before you even get to the movie. And I thought it was so well done. It enhanced my memory of the movie. And it also just was fun. I, that's the best way to come back to it. I keep coming back to that because it is. And on top of that, Rockstar added so many things into this game. Not only can you break into cars, not only can you spray paint... Not only can you do that, but you can you have your clubhouse and in there you can work on sit-ups and push-ups to get your guys stronger. You can also go on like side missions and different arcade games. So ultimately, the Warriors, if you haven't played it, it is an absolute blast. But let's get back to that countdown. And at number eight, we have Far Cry 6. And look, I really, really enjoyed Far Cry 6. It wouldn't be on this list if I didn't. The biggest thing I fault Far Cry 6 for is the fact that it got a little repetitive, right? It's got this nice big map. It's, you know, a cool little design to it. But you go to the same roadblocks. You go to the same checkpoints. You go to the same anti-aircraft machine places over and over and over. I really do feel like if they were to split it up into regional spots, like, hey, check posts are on this area of the map. If you go to this area, that's where all the AAA guns are by the capital. I think it would have absolutely like enhanced it, but the fact that there are just so many of them and you just encounter them all the time takes the specialness away from it. Plus, I would say uh, on another negative, and this is kind of my own personal taste, as I've always felt the Far Cry series has the best gaming world, like to get lost in and explore. This one, I, I don't think it was bad. I think it was good, but it just didn't, you know, my expectations were not met. 
everywhere looked like the same island, whereas in past games, different places you'd go to, there'd be a standout area where you go, wow, like that's really cool how they designed that. But if you want to get to the fun part, man, the action is awesome. The enemy aggression can be a little bit too ridiculous at times, but when you get into a good gunfight and you get a little bit more along in the store and you get some great weapons, oh man, it is absolutely a blast, especially if you do the Rambo inspired mission. That is a ton of fun and you get a great item in that one. But the story is so well done. And I will tell you this, when you get to the ending, and this is saying a lot for Far Cry games, my jaw was on the ground. Carlito Esposito as the main villain was just fantastic. I love the fact that they let you choose between Danny as a male or female. I think that kind of stuff is fun. I understand representation in gaming. And when you include it in this way where you have a fully voice acted protagonist, whether it's female or male, I think that just kind of checks all the boxes anyone needs. And if you're wondering, there's no difference between playing them. It's really just do you want to play as a male or female. So again, I liked it. I thought it was a lot of fun. And I just, I had a blast with it. I always have a blast with Far Cry games. This one was no different. So definitely, if you haven't played it, check that one out. And at number seven on this list, I'm going to go WWE 2K22. Look, I'm a huge WWE fan. I love WWE in real life. And that has always transcended into WWE games. In fact, I think I have a look back, a history of my time with WWE games. It's on this podcast. Go check that out. But... I'm not going to lie, I kind of was resistant to this game only because WWE 2K20 burned me as much as it burned everybody else. And just some stuff going on in my life, I didn't get a chance to get to this game until September. But I got to tell you, ever since I've played it, I've loved it. Now I do have my issues with showcase mode. At some point I will have a review coming out and you can check that out. But other than that, the actual gameplay has been improved. I got to say, you know... They quote-unquote improved it in WWE 2K20, and I thought it was a blundering mess. Like, I didn't like the new control scheme. It made, it made it confusing for no reason to be confusing. This one, though, is very intuitive. I like the way it works. I like the way it feels. You know, you have dodge buttons now. You have different, easier ways to get into bigger, better moves, hitting signatures and signatures and all of that. So, ultimately... I have absolutely loved my time with WWE 2K22. I can't wait to play more. And that's why that game is at 7 and not a little bit further down on the list. Because ultimately, I just need to kind of get a little bit more time with it. Gamers, this Yojo Award is going to go to the best replay I had this year. I've already played all of these games before this year. I just replayed them. And I got to tell you what... The first one on the list, the first nominee is Tomb Raider 2013. And to be honest with you, this was one of those games that I loved when it came out. And I wanted to play the PS4 version. I always played the PS3. I wanted to get to the PS4 version. Finally picked it up last year and started playing it. And wow, I mean, it is just as good as ever. This is just a great trilogy of games. I can't wait to see what the next one was. But I had so much fun playing it. Now, then I also played the original God of War 2, the one that came out on PS2. I played the PS3 version Ooh, gamers, that one blew me away. So much just epicness all rolled into one disc. Assassin's Creed Unity, the game that gets so much flack out there. But you know what? I didn't mind it when I played through it, and I always just kind of wanted to get back into that world. I thought they had a great world and whatnot, and I did a full replay. Didn't expect to, but that's how wrapped up I got into it. And then finally, God of War 3. You know what? That game was always epic. It's still epic. But what was the winner? Honestly, it was Assassin's Creed Unity. It's just kind of like when I rank my Assassin's Creed game, it's to the lower end. It's not one of the games I look back super fondly of. I was always kind of like, yeah, it's a good game. I don't think it's worth all the hate it gets, but it was never blowing my socks off. 
Gamers, this replay this year, I absolutely loved it. It's one of my favorite in that series. The story is just fantastic. It's a, not a black and white story. It is a very shades of gray, as it's really less to do with the t assassins. The assassins are just kind of there, and they're kind of like following what's going on with the Templars. But at the end of the day, it's really about this power struggle within the Templars. You've got this star-crossed lovers with Arno and Elise. And I just, I don't know, guys, I was so wrapped into it. I think it's the best parkour system that's ever been in an Assassin's Creed. And that's saying something because we've had many Assassin's Creed games since it. That's just how well done it is. You know, I've heard that Mirage is going to take a lot of inspiration from the design of Unity and that single city structure. And I hope they do. And I hope they bring that parkour system back. So definitely the replay of the year goes to Assassin's Creed Unity. But let's jump back into the countdown. And at number six, we have Yakuza Like a Dragon. I talked about it earlier. It was the game that kind of changed the foundation of how Yakuza is going to be as a franchise going forward because it went turn-based. And I kind of wondered going into it like, okay, is this going to keep what I love about Yakuza? Because I love the brawling aspect. But this is going to go into turn-based. Is that really going to work? And I'm not going to lie to you. I'm starting to get into turn-based games, but I didn't know that I wanted that for Yakuza. Well, gamers, rest assured, this game is still Yakuza through and through. In fact, some of the over-the-topness that you usually get into brawls, you can pull off in your turn-based strategy. I love the teamwork you got going on. And you know what? The one reason that it's kind of at 6 and not 5, because number 5 is a very close relation to this game, is because I did feel like there got to be a point in Yakuza 6 where the game stopped you and made you go grind. Now, I kind of take that, and when it happened, you can talk to my good friend Hulking Yoda over at Lost at Sea Gaming, great gaming podcast right here on Anchor and many other platforms. When I told him about it, he could tell you I was ready to walk away because I didn't like the way it just stopped me full stop. I thought I'd prepared myself so well, but I couldn't get past where I was at. But what I will say is by forcing me to grind, man, I found out so many more things about this game. I found out better ways to improve my weapons. I found out better ways to equip my team and just found myself enjoying the grind if that sounds possible in fact later when i got to the end to the boss fight i went back and did some more grinding because i was just like you know what i don't want to get caught in a bad situation but it was so much fun and it retains that yakuza over the top but also such a serious story and i gotta say as far as stories go in yakuza this is one of the better ones and we also didn't even get to play as Kiru. We played as a brand new protagonist. And I got to say, I did enjoy the fact that we went to Ichiban and that's the only character we played as. We never switched around because after this past year of playing through Yakuza 4 and 5, it was kind of nice to focus solely on one character again. But the graphics were beautiful. The town you were in was amazing. And all of that is going to bring me to talk about the town a little bit more because you're in it in the number 5 game and that is Lost Judgment. That's right, it's the same town. And I think that's kind of fun how the Yakuza games always kind of bounce around like that. And it's just a beautiful area. But Lost Judgment specifically, now that we're talking about that, I just thought was fantastic. I love the first Judgment. This one I thought was even better. Getting to be a detective, but also keeping the more traditional Yakuza-style brawling was a lot of fun. On top of that, not only do you have side cases, which are the sub-stories in normal Yakuza games, you also have this entire mission structure that's built around school stories. Yeah, that's right. You're a counselor in a school, so you're going to go through and you're going to work for the different school clubs and kind of, you know, help them out. The one that I've been doing for a little bit is working in the dance club, and it's almost like a dance dance revolution style thing, and I've loved my time playing it. It's so catchy and addicting. 
But when you do the sub stories, it's the same fun stuff. And that's when you really get to be a detective and kind of take on these small cases and earn some money. And that's one thing about the game I got to give it credit to as well is they didn't make money so tough in this game. The one thing about Judgment, Judgment was crippling with its money system. This one does away with that. Money is plentiful. Same thing with healing items and whatnot. Just a better overall experience. And the story is so good. And it's one of those things that I love about the Yakuza series where we all know the story's good, but sometimes you don't think it's going to be that big of a deal. Like, the story in this starts off where you're going to go into a school and investigate some bullying. Well, that leads to such a major murder mystery that I just, I was wrapped up into it. And I love the brawling that they added, the aspects. The one thing that I would say about this game is I did feel like there were times that you kind of watched versus playing when it came to the main story. Again, there's tons of stuff to do in this game. The conspiracy goes crazy with the main story. I love it. But it did feel like at times that when you were playing main missions, you actually didn't get to play a lot. There was a lot of watching. So that's my one knock, but there's just so much about it, which is why I keep going back to this game. If you love the Yakuza games and you always wanted a detective game where you get to investigate stuff, this does that. I mean, it's just so much fun. I can't speak highly enough about Lost Judgment. I really hope we get a third game because, whew, I mean, it's just fantastic. There's humor, there's brawling, there's some surprisingly touching moments as well. So definitely worth you checking out if you get the chance. So gamers, this Yojo Award is for the best DLC that I played this year. And I'm going to start off with Hitman 3's Ambrose Island. I got to tell you something. There's a key part to this. This was free DLC. And that might be like, okay, no big deal. But if you remember Hitman 2, when they released... The Golden Handshake and New York Minute DLCs, those suckers were about, I think, 20 bucks a pop. And you know what? Ambrose Island is just as good as those. It is a fully detailed. It is not like some thrown together, some little small, little extra level. No, it is a full-fledged DLC level, and I love it. And in fact, I would say it's one of my favorite from Hitman 3. That's just how good it is. I mean, I had a lot of fun on that level. Then you have Ghost of Tsushima's Icky Island, and I gotta say, I loved it. It was a new area. You can kind of access it, like, midway through the story, or if you've beaten the game, you can jump right into it. And it was just more of the awesome same. And then finally, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, the final chapter. A great way to end Eivor's story. And I gotta say, I look back at all three of those, and I'm like, alright, well, which was the one that I had the most fun with? Which was the one that I talked about more? And I gotta say, Ghost of Tsushima's Icky Island was absolutely fantastic, and that is the winner. You can check out my review for it, but ultimately, just know this. If you like Ghost of Tsushima, you will like this. Between the main villain, which I thought was awesome and had a really cool story, and the way she was just in your head the entire game, I thought was great. On top of that, there's some great allies and some kind of frenemies, for the most part of the game, that you're just kind of standoffish with that I thought were well written and well done so ultimately at the end of the day that is well worth checking out but let's continue on with this countdown let's go to Ratchet and Clank a Rift Apart look gamers if you've been following this podcast you know a couple years ago I finally tried out my first Ratchet and Clank game it was the PS4 version the remake of the 2002 game and I gotta say I loved it so I was so stoked, especially in 2021, getting that PS5, knowing I was going to get to play this PS5 exclusive, and the fact that it was going to take advantage of the SSD drive. Well, I finally got it in 2022, and I got to say, from beginning to the end, this was just a fantastic game. 
I mean, it is fun, the story is awesome, and the environments are so well done. And yes, jumping through the rifts, though I will say they were not the mind-blowing thing I thought they were going to be, like instantly jump anywhere, just the simple fact of you got to see the extremely fast loading, because I'm sorry, I just think that dynamic was really cool with Ratchet and Rivet, and you're sitting there, and it's almost like parallel universes when you go through these rifts. It was just fun. The story was, again, really well done. The different places, it just had you enjoying it so much that you were looking for every nook and cranny. If there was a side mission to find so many things on a level, you were doing it because it was just so much fun to be in this world. I loved it. I can't wait to see where they go with it. Like, it's just insomniac. You sit there and you go, how can you guys be so, so creative? Like, this is insane. You have such a portfolio of PS5 games already between Miles Morales and this and the stuff you're working on with Spider-Man 2, and you're just like, guys, you, you, how do you do it? How do you do it? Like, Insomniac, I'm going on a little rant here, but Insomniac might be the new rock star. If you think back to the PS2 and how they were releasing Grand Theft Auto games, I kind of think that's Insomniac now. But either way, I digress. Number three is God of War Ragnarok. Ooh, I know, why would I put God of War Ragnarok as anything but number one? Honestly, that just comes down to me and the fact that I haven't been able to put enough time into that game. You've heard that excuse from me on a couple of games. Well, this one I have actively tried to put a lot of time in. It's just some unfortunate stuff has happened in my life that has caused me to miss a couple of weeks of uh, gaming time, if you will, being out of town. And it means that as of this recording, I'm only like 25% done at most. And I just don't feel like it's right for me to put this over the top two games but i will say that 25 percent that i have done i have thoroughly loved like enough for me to project it as like yeah man like this is definitely in my top three even if i haven't got that far because it is fantastic so with that being said this is definitely another game that is probably going to end up on my top 10 games of 2023 where it falls on that list i guess we'll find out and then we go to number two, and I got to tell you, it is Horizon Forbidden West. Look, I loved this game. I loved Zero Dawn, but this game ratches it up in every single way. First off, fast loading. Hey, man, if you're on PS5, don't try to take a sip of coffee when you're loading this game up because it's instantly loading. It's just amazing. And then it is so beautiful and so detailed. I love Aloy. I love the character, and I absolutely loved where they took the story in this game because, man... It just basically expanded the Horizon universe in so many different ways. It's got me and Hulk and Yoda just sitting there going, oh, dude, oh, man, where are they going to go at number three? I love the final boss fight, and I love the new weapons in the game. I love the strategy of taking down these different, you know, robots. And that's the other thing, man. The new robots are fantastic. It's a gorgeous game. I will say, I don't know why they had to spend so much time in the middle of the game, if that makes sense, if you think about the game world, because that's kind of a more desert type area sure there's different little biomes in that spot but man when you actually get to the west the final fourth of the game it is so absolutely beautiful i mean oh my word guys that is probably i got to that point i was like yep this is it this is the best graphics i've ever seen right here in the west it is so good looking the only thing that i mark it down for is the way in this game there's a lot more focus on the resources and with that taking down different machines and getting specific parts, which can only be done with certain damage, whether it be tear or explosive, whatever it is. And I'm not going to lie to you, me and Hulk and Yoda talked about that many, many times. I even talked about it in my review. It just kind of hampered it because instead of being able to upgrade and get the coolest looking 
outfits and upgrading everything to the nil, you're kind of sitting there going, I don't want to spend hours upon hours hunting because I need three of these parts and you can only farm one from each of the machine that has it. So I do think they went a little bit overboard with that. I like their intent to get you to stay out in the world and continue hunting and continue doing these things, but I think there's a way to tone it down. But at the end of the day, man, Horizon Forbidden West, I actually feel really bad for this game because it should be winning way more awards, but it always gets kind of left out. I think some of that has to do with coming out at the beginning of the year. I don't know, but for me, it's my number two. So gamers, with that, let's talk about our final YoJo Award, and it is for my favorite Platinum of the year. Look, Platinums, to me, I've talked about this many times on the podcast, it's that final stamp of approval. Like, I like this game so much, I did everything I could. This year, I got quite a bit, and I'm very proud of them, but my top ones to choose from, my nominees, if you will, are Assassin's Creed Syndicate, because look, I love that game. It's my favorite in that series, and for too long, I let that Platinum just elude me. This year, I said, you know what? I'm going back, and I did it. I got that Platinum. I also got the Platinum in Guardians of the Galaxy, and I love that game. It was so much fun. I just, that was one of those games it defines being like, you know what? I'm going to do everything, because I had to replay a decent part of that game just to get the few things that I had missed. Ratchet and Clank, A Rift Apart. Oh, I talked about that in my previous segment. Oh, man, I love that game. It was so worth getting that Platinum. Horizon Forbidden West, another one I just talked about, how great it is, how amazing it is. Of course, I wanted to spend all the time I could in that world, and that led me to that Platinum. Assassin's Creed 2 and X-Men Origins Wolverine, I did a whole episode about that, about reclaiming my legacy. I had the 1,000 points on the Xbox 360. I only play on PlayStation now, and I wanted those mirrored, and I did it. I finally committed, got my PS3 out, and played through both those games, got those Platinums, and of course... God of War 2, playing the PS3 version of that classic PS2 game, getting the Platinum was awesome. And the winner is God of War 2, because ladies and gentlemen, here's the deal. When it came to God of War 2 when it first came out, I'm not going to lie to you. I enjoyed it, I liked it, but I always kind of said, well, it wasn't as good to me as the first game, and it wasn't as epic as the third game. So doing a replay this year, it wasn't even about the Platinum, it was just playing and enjoying the game. And not only did I absolutely love that game, it's probably now my favorite of the original trilogy, but hey, it was not that difficult to get the Platinum. As long as you're willing to do the little bit that you got to do to get it, man, it was right there for the taking, and I went for it. But again, it really goes back to not just being an easy Platinum or a more straightforward Platinum, but getting that Platinum on a game that you thoroughly enjoy because it just, you know, it reinforces, hey, I like the game so much, I was willing to do this. And let me tell you something, the challenge of the gods in that game was tough. So I deserve the Platinum just for that feat alone. So that was definitely my favorite Platinum of this year. And that brings me to my next favorite. What was my number one game of the year? Well, you've heard it mentioned in a few of the award nominees, and it is Guardians of the Galaxy. Because ladies and gentlemen, I told you last year, if you go back and you listen to my 2021 top 10 games, it was high on that list, and I said, look, the only reason it's up here in these high numbers is because I haven't got enough time to play it. Well, this year, guys, I played through it, and I loved it so much that even though I completed it way back in January, I couldn't put any game above it. It was just that much fun. A lot of people, I think they kind of thought this was going to be another Crystal Dynamics Marvel's Avengers, and it's not. And I think a lot of people thought it was going to be trying to rip off the MCU version of Guardians of the Galaxy. And again, it's not. But I will say, if you like the humor and the back and forth between the characters in the MCU movies, you will love it here. It is fantastic. This is also cool because it's not like an origin, right? They're already a team, but it really takes you kind of in that part where 
they're a team, but they're not like fully connected and it gets you to that point that they are connected. So I love that about it. I loved exploring the Milano. I love the different worlds you got to go into. And then I even loved it. There was one level where they let you fly the Milano, but the back and forth between the characters, I think it was such a great idea that they said, look, in this game, you're not going to switch around. You're only going to be playing as Peter Quill, aka Star-Lord, but there are cool moments where you'll use team-up moves, and I think those are awesome and a blast. And then there's cool moments where you're in a fight, and all of a sudden your meter will pop up, and you can actually do this huddle, if you will, and everybody will gather around, and you start talking, and everybody's kind of flambasted, and what do we do, what do we do? And you have to take what they're saying and rally them. And when you do, the music kicks up, you get into action. Oh my word, it is so fantastic. The story, to me, you're sitting there, and it hits way deeper than I thought it would. Like, I thought there was just going to be a fun game, and then you get done, you're like, oh, man, like, I actually kind of feel bad. You kind of think that there might be a little Peter Quo out there at one point in the story, and you're really leaning heavy into it, and it's all about giving you your secret desires. That's what the story is, and you see what each of the characters kind of go through. You get in their heads, especially one heartbreaking mission with Drax, and again, it's these things that you just get and you go wow like I didn't expect this from this story but it is so well done the action never lets up it's always a ton of fun and my god the graphics are great it's got a great photo mode yeah I mean I I can't speak highly enough I mean Guardians of the Galaxy it's probably the one game this year I was taking a break from the podcast when I played through the game I wish I had the podcast going because I would have loved to give it a review and give it a 10 because it was just that much fun I mean look a year later and I'm still hyped about it. I hope we get a sequel. Gamers, this game deserves your attention. If you haven't played it, go out and buy it today. It is worth it. Well, there you go, gamers. There's my top 10 on the list. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you enjoyed my Yojo Awards, those awards inspired by the not-so-great-but-so-much-fun game G.I. Joe Operation Blackout. I definitely recommend checking it out, by the way. But either way, I'd love to know your thoughts. Where did your favorite game fall on my list? Also, did you play any of these games? Do you think I missed a major gym this year? Or do you have an argument with something I did? Let me know, thegraveyardgamer@gmail.com. Follow my gaming path, see what I'm playing, what's kind of happening on Instagram at The Graveyard Gamer, or follow me on Twitter where I kind of show off what I consider my beauty shots, the best shots I've been taking, and I'm at The Graveyard G there. Till next time, gamers, I'll be creeping around the graveyard.